people in a study published in the journal Science in 2007, you probably utter about 16,000 words a day. It doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman, there is this idea out there that women talk more. The number remains about 16,000. And that number does not take into account all the words that you are typing in text messages, emails, on Facebook, and so on. You are going to be amazed by how much you can learn by stepping back from conversations and examining how they work. You will get an entirely new perspective on what kind of speaker you are, the strategies you rely on, often without even realizing it, and the ones you don't, but strategies that other speakers may be using with you. All of this will give you a richer repertoire for accomplishing things with words in your daily conversations. Once you're more cognizant of what you and others are doing in conversation, or as importantly, not doing in conversation, you can more consciously decide if and how you wanna do things differently. In other words, with heightened awareness, you can be more strategic in making conversational choices. Now, I have to be honest with you, in the short run, this course may make you so self-conscious you can barely function normally. You're gonna be noticing conversational happenings all the time. When I taught this course at the University of Michigan, students enrolled for a variety of reasons. Some of them were in the business school and they wanted to be smoother in their professional interactions. Some of the students wanted to improve their game, have better ways of asking people out. But by week three, they came in and they said, this course is not helping. I'm noticing everything and I'm so self-conscious that I can barely speak. But in the long run, as these students discovered, this conversational noticing becomes more routine and it allows you to be a more successful conversationalist from rescuing a conversation gone wrong to negotiating a tricky request to successfully apologizing. I'm Ann Curzan, and one of the many things I love about my field of English linguistics is that it allows us to understand more fully the language that we experience every day. This is information that we can take out there in the world to understand things differently. As you listen to these lectures and then go out into this world filled with talk, you will notice things you hadn't noticed before. For example, what work can the word um do? Let me give you an example. You ask me, Anne, could I borrow your laptop for 20 minutes? And I say, um, I probably don't even need to finish that sentence because you know I'm about to say no. That little um is a precursor to what linguists call a dispreferred response. The preferred response here would be yes, but I'm about to say no. And even after that um, I probably take my time. Um, I actually have some work I need to get done. At which point you may jump in and say, no worries. And look, I didn't even have to say no. I wanna note here that um does other work too. As we'll talk about in other lectures, not all ums are created equal. As a second example, how and why do we talk about the weather? I'm actually gonna leave that as a teaser for the second lecture, but I'll tell you now that it's more than just a conversation starter. It can signal other things in a conversation. How's that for a conversational strategy? I put an interesting topic on the table and then I leave it there so you can wait for another lecture. 
we will explore all the signals we give and receive many, many times every single day in the intricate dance of conversation. And we'll talk about both the conversations we have in person and the conversations we have over email or text, as all of this is now an important part of our social lives and of our fundamental well-being. It may surprise you to learn that we have empirical evidence suggesting that talk is an important part of happiness and specifically substantive talk, substantive conversations. This is coming from a study published in Psychological Science in 2010 by researchers at the University of Arizona and Washington University. Their results found not just a correlation between well-being and spending less time alone and more time talking. It turns out that the kind of talk matters. The happiest folks spent less time doing small talk and more time having substantive conversations. We'll actually talk about both. Small